Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Here's Boucher. The three. We're live. Another episode. Welcome to another episode of Hustle Play with Chris Boucher. I am Mike Roach. And we got a very special guest in the building. Toronto Raptors rookie Delano Banton. Delano, what's up, my man? What's up? What's up? How's it going? Good, man. Good, man. CB, what's good? I'm all right, man. You know what I'm saying? I got my boy coming to my podcast. So I'm trying to make that special. Did you see the first episode? Yeah, I tap in. I never watched the whole thing, but you know I watch it. What'd you think? Um, you know my guy Chris, you know he's he has no filter, so you know I could tap in with him. So you know I I, I see he he stays original to who he is, so you know I like that about it. I don't think he can help it. We mentioned that on the first one. I try my best, you know. Sometimes I just can't be myself all the time, but I'm getting better at it. I'm getting better at it. See, so, what kind of feedback did you get from episode one? Uh, I mean, I think people were really happy about you know. Kind of seeing the real me a little bit, um, kind of having an insight of what's going on the team and with the thoughts that I have. I mean, some people obviously, um, you know, they wanted to say that um, I curse and all that, but honestly, it's not really, you know, it's not. I don't want to make it a show where it's just about sports. So obviously, sometimes it goes a little bit on the outside, and I think, I think for the most part, people liked what what happened, and they were expecting episode two. So here we are. I mean, it is what it is. You just come on the show and do your thing. That's really how we plan this uh, show to be. So that's what it's going to be. But what I want to know is, the first time you guys met, what was that interaction like? Yeah. Um, first time I met Delano, uh, we weren't talking actually. I saw him. And I said, "What's up?" But honestly, I'm a you know when I don't meet when I meet somebody new at first, you know I don't really say so. so. I just, you know, what's up? You know, welcome to the Toronto Raptors. Not like I'm, <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I'm a vet or something. But that was it. And then was, I think it was summer league, so maybe a little bit before. Yeah, that was Vegas time. So that's you know. how you remember it, Delano. God damn, it was that. Yeah, big? it was it was Vegas time. So like everyone was new, kind of, and we we're coming in to do like 
our practices and stuff. So they were just coming in to work out. Like Chris would just be there to work out. He, you weren't really practicing with us. Yet. No, I just party to be honest with you. I came here, at COVID before. Yeah. So when I came in, I had one good workout. I was like, oh, I'm still got it, and then I went out. <laughs> yeah, but so he was doing his thing. But like, we're we're more so with the summer league team. So I was with like you know the younger guys like uh, Scotty and Justin and them to start off. But when they were there, we were you know whatever small talk and stuff like that. But that was about it. So tell me about your experience thus far as an as an NBA pro. What is it in reality compared to what you thought it would be before you got here? Um, honestly, I have no complaints. You know, it came a long way, so I can't really complain about it. But um, what I would say is it's a lot of hard work and a lot of, like, you know, things going on behind the scenes where, like, you know, just not knowing if you're going to play and stuff like that. So it's a lot of mental stuff that goes on behind it too. But just trying to stay, you know, prepared and trying to stay ready for it. But I would say it's a lot of, it's a lot of, it's, a lot, it's tough on, you know, your mental. You know, you just have to stay strong and, you know, fight through it. As a rookie, I would say, you know, like as you get through it, obviously, you know, years to come and stuff like that, it'll get a lot easier for me probably. But, you know, just going in with the mentality, trying to be ready when my name's called and stuff like that and not knowing if you're going to play, but, you know, having to come into work every day and be professional. So kind of just, you know, learning to be a pro and learning to keep everything professional is kind of the balance, you know. But I had a, um, an NBA coach in college, uh, Fred Hoiberg. So, you know, he always treated me like a pro early, you know, for the two years that I was there. So, you know, I kind of got a gist of it, but you know, I'm just kind of continuing to grow day by day. What do you think? I'm going to ask both of you guys this because you just mentioned Fred Hoiberg, but... What do you think you can learn in college that you may not necessarily be able to learn in a league? I mean, I'll be honest, sometimes I feel like nothing because I feel like it's not even the same. Like, I feel like you get to college and like you could be the man. You could be like, you know, the number one guy and all that. And then you get to the NBA and if you bring all that confidence and all that, if they, that's not what they need from you, it didn't really help you. But the one thing I'd say that helped me is like knowing like, you know what I'm saying, there's ups and downs because like, in my college career, I, like, I had ups and downs, so I kind of were able to, you know, realize, okay, when when you're in a slump or something like that, you know, that it's going to come back and stuff. But, um, yeah, since then, I would say, like, from college, I didn't – the NBA made me learn so much more about the game than college did for me. How about you, Delano? Um, I would say so, too. I would say it's two different games. I feel like the NBA is a lot faster. You know, there's a lot more space in the NBA when nobody's sitting in the paint. So I feel like, and it's a lot more like, you know, detailed in the NBA, like, you know, a lot more time watching film and stuff like that. So I feel like it's just a lot more detailed and structured. But like I said, I had an NBA coach coming into it. So like he treated me like a pro, like I couldn't, he was a part of, you know, a front office and stuff like that as well before he coached at my school. So, you know, he treated me like a professional and he gave me, you know, what it was. Cause you know, when I got there and told him like, we understood what the plan was for me trying to make it to the NBA. So, you know, he treated me as if it was. So it wasn't kind of a big far jump for me having that, you know, the NBA coach. Did you know Delano before he was drafted? No. Heard about him at all? I mean, I wasn't watching. I mean, I would have to watch, like, basketball. I mean, I've heard about it a little bit, but that's because of Eve. I mean, Eve, you know, prep school and stuff. But I was already in college. But um, Eve, you know, he was coaching uh, some prep school and some younger team, and they played against each other. So, um Beside that, when he got drafted, okay, I was like, okay, me and him had a talk, and he was like, we played against him, and but I didn't know, I didn't watch college basketball at all. Like when I was done with college, I, you know, I watch Oregon sometimes because, you know, obviously I'm from there, but I, you know, I didn't really keep keep up with the college teams. Tell me about draft night, man. 
tell me about draft night. Tell me where you were, who you were with, and what it was like when you heard the Raptors choose you. Did you know, by the way, that they were going to take you? Or? Uh, nah, I didn't know. But um, I was in um, Chicago. My my family was supposed to come up, but I'm um, COVID. So then they didn't end up getting to go to come. But um, I came right back the next day, like in the morning. But um, I was there with just like my agents and stuff, a couple people. But um, yeah, man, it was crazy. The feeling was unreal. Like, you know, I felt like I was like as soon as I got drafted and they picked the rap. Honestly, I had a really good workout for the Raptors. I played good, so like, I kind of felt like I knew my range in the draft. So like, or if I was to go undrafted or not. But you know, I kind of knew my range. So like, you know, I was excited and then, you know just to be from Toronto, getting drafted here was like, you know, it was lit. Like I couldn't ask for anything. Did better. you cry? Nah, nah, I didn't cry. But like people cried though. I didn't cry though. Yeah? We don't do that. We don't do that. Yeah, I didn't cry. <laughs> Nah, I was happy though. Keep them tears for something else. Like what? Detroit Pistons? Nah, man. Honestly, like, <laughs> just cut that off, man. Like, we're not playing them again. Obviously, we're cursed. I said that the first time. Nobody's listening. Bro, you cannot convince me that, okay, they swept you guys. You cannot convince me they can beat you in a playoff series. There's no way in hell. Bro, I don't know. I'm telling you, every time we play them, something doesn't go well. It doesn't what it either the ball doesn't go in, the referees are not on our side, or like they just turn into Kobe, Shaq, T Mac, and Iverson <laughs> the same team. Like it just makes no sense. But it is what it is. And I mean that's it, doing KC. I think I think he takes more pride when he plays the Raptors. Like I don't know what kind of scout they're doing and I feel like they're in the gym with us when we're getting ready to play them because like everything we do, they feel like they have an answer. I feel like they just, I mean, they're a little bit physical, but I feel like they just get away with so much stuff when we play them. And by the time you realize what's going on, like I said last game, every time we play them, they get by 20 and then we come and try to come back and that, that never yeah, works. Yeah, just like yesterday again. Nick Nurse was pissed off, he got the boot. What does that do for you guys though when you're actually in a game and you see the coach snap? Does that does that do something for you internally or I feel like anyone. Like I feel like um I feel like technicals they're not always bad. Like, you know, I feel like it's an energy giver sometimes too. Like, you know, I got the crowd going. I feel like we're still down like nineteen when mm -hmm. he got ejected. You know what I'm saying? And then that like the the crowd, you know, gave us energy when he got ejected, they started going off and you know, I feel like that helped build us even too, like to say that, you know? We just kinda use it as whatever, like if Chris was to go off on the refs, that's like he's just showing his emotion, showing his energy. So if he was to get a technical for that, kind of builds for everyone. Like you know, like it's like all right, let's go. Like you know. So. Do you guys ever talk about certain refs though? Because like yo, some some refs have yeah have a short leash though. I mean, do they? Do you feel like they really impact the game that much? I want to keep getting calls, so I'm just not gonna say nothing because I, I don't know. I might say something and then never get calls again. So I already don't get calls. So I'm just going to say, one thing I'm going to say is, like, those technical fouls, like, sometimes I feel like it depends on the situation, but I feel like they are kind of demanding for it. Like, you know, like, Pascal had two fouls. He gets a clean steal. Now he has to use his uh, his, um, challenge. his challenge. Then he's right for that, but you don't get your timeout back. Like, there was so much stuff that, you know, made him get to that point. Delano got a foul. I got a block. Foul, foul, foul! You calling foul every time. Now we don't, we can't even go back and check it because we use our challenge on something that we didn't have to. And he won the challenge. Uh, exactly. So now it just becomes so much frustrating stuff, and then you're down twenty. So I'm, to be honest with you, I understand why Nick got it. And to be honest with you, I was close from getting one too. And 
to be honest with you, I got a bunch of dumb technical foul this year just off being mad over a situation. So I, I don't blame him for that. You know, like I think the moment took him and it kind of helped us. Like I wish we would have won, so it would have been able to paid off. But we did come back and you know show that we could have won this game. Obviously, the curse there was was too strong for us. And now the fans are back in the building, right? How much of a difference does that make? And what is it like? What kind of difference does that make? And, and sometimes when you're playing in the league, compared to when you're watching college, the the fans in college are pretty crazy too. Yeah. So what's it like being back in front of the fans? And what is the biggest difference between playing in front of fans in the league and a hostile crowd in the NCAA? Um. Well, my, last year we didn't have fans in college, so like you know I wouldn't really be able to say much but my first year um my freshman year i went to western kentucky i had transferred to nebraska so i would say it's a lot different honestly like i feel like the college fans are more like diehard fans i feel like for me like to say like for like a school like western kentucky like such a small school with nothing going on like they have no nba team football team like it's only that for like that whole community that city so i feel like their fans are like we only fit like 5,000 people but like that's one of the loudest gyms I've been in because like it's so condensed and everyone's screaming like so you wouldn't know the difference uh, on noise level if it was like 17 or yeah. the 5,000 we had so I would say that I'd be like, I feel like depending on who you're facing in like a rival game like I feel like fans uh, I, I don't know I haven't played in like a playoff game or something like that but I've been in some pretty crazy college let's see B like was it hard to kind of get that extra boost energy in the Scotiabank when there was no one in there I mean, it's kind of hard to explain because, like, I felt like we were playing good with no fans, too. So, like, obviously, somehow, somewhere, we build our own energy. But obviously, the fans are doing a good, you know, they're doing a good job for us and all. And, you know, Toronto, like I said, every time you play in Toronto, you feel like the crowd is like the sixth player. I've said that my whole career when I was in Toronto. So, you know, having obviously getting them back is is really something that we needed. But... You got to realize also the fan that were there when we won the championship are not the same fan as now. I felt like when we won the championship, it was like, I don't know, I don't know if it's the ticket sales that went up or whatever, but I was like, there were more people that were coming to watch the game more than people just being there to say that they are there, basically. So now that I watch the game, you know, and I watch the fans and all that, you could you could see some people are just not there for the game, obviously. And you could see the pure fans that are there, they you know, cheering for so you're us. You're saying so the fans need to step it up. Uh, I'm not saying they step it up because they're doing a good job. I'm gonna lie, but I think that um, you know, like moments when we're down and it's quiet, I think that's when we need y'all the most because like it gets quiet sometimes. Like yesterday, yeah, uh, when we're down 17, obviously there's nothing to cheer about. So I don't know how, but like I feel like you know that's when we really need you guys. You know, like when we're down 20, y'all, you know, don't wait till we down three to start yelling like that because yeah we need it all the time you know and i feel like um you know two three years ago that's exactly what happened um i feel like down 20 down 30 it was always loud and, and maybe it's just the fact that they didn't have basketball in a long time so they're just taking in the moment which is makes a lot of sense because like i said toronto went without their team for two years and even this year when they said they were, were coming back they still had a moment where they, they couldn't come in the gym so or maybe it's just like you know getting to the moment maybe the playoffs when the playoffs comes in it's gonna get you know even worse for the opposite team but for now i think we just need them to cheer on cheer us you know up and down and for us to play hard every time 
does anything change for you guys after the trade deadline? Because like, when you get to that trade deadline point and you're in a playoff situation, does the game plan change in I, any way? I mean, I was looking at my phone because I thought I was going to get traded. So I, I wasn't thinking about any game plan. I, my phone, when it started vibrating on that day, I promise you, like, I was like, yo, maybe it's me. Like, maybe I'm getting traded. You know what I'm saying? Like, so after the trade deadline, then when I knew, okay, that's the team, obviously it was a lot easier to just focus on, like, the, what you need to do and how you can help the team and, like, knowing that that's going to be your role on the team. But I'm going to lie to you, trade deadline is scary, man. Like, you just never know. And, like, after I saw all the move Masai did, you know, like, the Rosen and all that, I just... You never know, man. You like, never know. What do you think, Delano? You never know, man. Your first NBA trade deadline. Uh, you yeah, it was my first go around, so I didn't really, really know much what to think. Like, I don't really. It was my first go around. Like, you know, I never really seen, like he said, like how he's seen stuff firsthand. I never really witnessed anything like that. So, honestly, I just went to go work out. I was, it was a regular day for me, honestly. I didn't want to go on my phone and see something, though, but I didn't really expect that. But <laughs> I'm a rookie, so I didn't really know what to expect or, like, what it really was. So speaking about Masai and Bobby, what was it like, Delano, for you the first time when you met them? Because you grew up in the city, you probably heard and mm -hmm. you know about Masai and Bobby before. But what was it actually like when you met them for the first time? Um, it was crazy. Um, like when I got to go do my workout, it wasn't in Toronto; it was in Tampa. So I seen them when I went to Tampa. So like you know, it was it was pretty surreal for me playing like going to work out for Toronto, like just going through the whole process, actually, like, you know, like I never, I never took any moment of that for granted. Like I cherished all of that. But um, when I went there, like it was cool because I felt at home, like when I got there and they're playing like Toronto music and the thing and stuff like that, trying to show the guys like, cause they didn't get to do it in Toronto. So how they did it was like, they had like a little Toronto tour, like throughout the workout to kind of show you like what it would be like if you were there. So, you know, I kind of was related to all of that, but you know, it was an honor to meet them. I felt like, you know they were they were cool with me. We had a good talk. You know, so it was it was I, I could just say it was an honor to meet them. And you know they're cool guys. They're gonna continue to help push me in the right direction. You know their development for me it's been going well. You know, so I trust in it. I seen guys develop before me. You know, guys who've been here before me who came up from the 905 and been doing the back and forth thing. So you know I trust in their development for me. So it's gonna be good. The 905 is important, man. And Chris, you were. Uh beyond a star in the G League, like you and Ham in the G League, what advice would you give to Delano in terms of going back and forth between the G League and the league? I mean, it's going to pay off. I think, like, obviously, you're not there forever. You, when you go there, it's to learn or some stuff that, you know, sometimes you just get some rust off if you haven't played and stuff. But, like, most of the time, like, when you go to the G League, you kind of, it's just like a reminder of the stuff that you could do, you know, like just so you don't forget that, okay, you can still do those things. But obviously, like, I mean, Delano is obvious. You know he's not going to be there forever. So when he goes there, okay, like do your thing and stuff. But, you know, obviously, you know, that's not where you're supposed to be. And maybe it's just for you to learn some stuff. But for me, what it did for me is just, like I said, when I went there, I just knew that I didn't want to be here. I wanted to be on the NBA team and be there for all the time. So... Um, I went there and just wanted to make sure that when I'm there, you don't want me to, you know, obviously, you know that I'm not supposed to be here. You know what I'm saying? I, that's what I wanted people to know. And it paid off, too, because, like, like I said, my confidence got better and I learned so much stuff about, like, you know, being a number one option and all that. Like, even though I don't get the chance to do that in the NBA team, I just, you know, know the feeling of it, you know, like, and the responsibilities. And, you know, it's just, a, like I said, it, the 905 did a lot of, 
the good things for Toronto, for like Fred, me, Pascal. I could go from Delon, uh, Yako, Norman, you know, uh, Delano now. Um, you know, there's so many guys that have been there that, you know, learned so much from the 905 that you just got to take the lessons and try to bring it back to your, to the Raptors and not get too down on yourself because obviously you're, you're like, why am I going to the G League? You know, obviously you played big minutes with the Raptors, so but you also drop 30 every time you go down there. So it's good in both ways and you just got to learn from it. What's it been like with Coach uh, Matumbo? Because um, we, we all love Coach Matumbo. Yeah, no, Matumbo is my guy. Um, He's a real coach. He's a realist. Like He's going to keep it real with you. He's going to go off on you. He's going to tell you if you're doing good. Why are you laughing, Chris? Uh, he's a funny, he's a funny yeah, man right funny. there. That's like, a funny guy since, right there. Since I met him in um the summer when I first got with the Raptors, like he's been cool. Me, he's been holding me accountable. So even when I go down to the G League, he doesn't let me come down there and just feel like I'm an assignment guy. I could come do whatever I want. Like you know, he holds me to what the team's been doing. Like you know, they're I think they're the best, the number one and number two right now in the G League. So like it's not for us to come down there and just have fun and chuck up shots and do what we feel. So. You know, the guys down there, they've been working and they grinded to get where they were at the point. So he holds us accountable, me accountable to come down there and, you know, play hard and don't come down here and do things I wouldn't do with the Raptors. Like, you know, still be in my pillars of defense and still do the little things that I have to do. So I like him because he keeps us all accountable. And, you know, he's a hard-nosed coach. He's going to tell you what it is. What do you think is the most important thing you've learned so far since being in the league? Since being in the league? Yeah, that lesson. Um, I could honestly say just, just work, um, just work. Don't let nothing really get to you like minutes or nothing like that. Just be there ready to work every day, professional, be a professional every day you go into work. So that's what I could say. Just stay professional. Like Chris, you too. Like this is the highest level in the world that you can play this sport. What is that lesson to you? That's been the hardest thing to learn. Um, Stay the course, even though you, some stuff won't go your way. Um, I think one thing I've realized is that some people got roles on a team, and sometimes it's not really the role that you want to play, but you have to do it. And that's the hardest part because, like I said, um, I'm coming from a scorer mentality, so I've always tried to score, you know. So when you become, for example, the energy guy, the hustle guy, the dirty player that has to do the dirty work, there's a mentality of you that's still there that you can't bring out because that's not what we need from you. And I think that's the hardest part because at the end of the day, you look at the game, you look at a game and you're like, damn, I wanted to have 25 points, but you have two and 10 rebounds. You probably played a better game if you scored 25 with the 10 rebounds. Everybody's happy about what you did, but in your head, you would have rather have 25 points. So it's it's hard. It gets hard eventually because like you start thinking about it more and more and more. But then, That's a good example, though, because I thought you played really well yesterday against the Pistons. Yeah, yeah. Without having to score, rebounding those two big blocks that you had, even though the refs <laughs> sussed that one call. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to contribute. Hundred percent. The best way that you can for the team to be successful, though. Yeah, hundred percent. But I think that the one thing that you need to realize is that I had to work a lot on my mind and on my head to get to that point where I'm comfortable doing those things. Because, like I said, I could do that one game, and the next game I'm mad because I did that, and then I can't do it the next game. So that's something that I had to work on my mind. I had to tell myself that what I'm doing is a good thing, and it's going to pay off, and we're going to win games. And 
by putting this mentality, then after that, when I only score two points but get 15 rebounds, I'm still happy. But, like, for a long time, I was doing stuff like this. I would go get out of the game and have three points, eight rebounds, and be mad because I scored three points, but we won the game. You get what I'm saying? So those, that was a mentality stuff that I had to get ready of, and I think that's the hardest thing to do in this league is to be able to realize what your role is and be okay with it because not everybody wants to be – you know, do all the dirty work and you're not getting all the, you know, people are not talking about you like as much and you don't feel like, for example, like if you're in a contract year, you don't feel like you're doing what you need to get paid, which is what everybody wants. But like I said, at the end of the day, when you win, everybody wins. And that's how you got to think. And it's kind of hard to think like that sometimes because you want to focus on yourself so much. Now, I could never, ever play in the NBA, not just because I'm not good enough, but it's like, I don't know, man, the amount of work that you have to put into, it's like, it's, it's unlike anything else. You know what I mean? For those minutes when you're on the court, you got to give everything, everything that you have. When you're off the court, how do you take your mind away from the game? Like, isn't there times you don't want to see basketball? You don't want to look at basketball, anything, even for a small period in time like you guys have a crazy schedule you play what six games in like eight or nine days or something like that aren't you telling me there's a time where you get home and you don't want to have anything to do with it even if it's for like a few hours uh yeah like i guess everybody like i mean we love the sport we play this where we've been doing it for our whole lives so but like um i feel like just finding what that is for you that you know you like to do aside from it playing video games or whatever honestly for me i i like i just sleep i take naps whenever i can like try and just get extra sleep honestly like i cherish my sleep so i would say that like and for me like even when like we would have like an off day i would like have like a gd game or something like that too as well like you know just being a rookie trying to just do more than i like you know do as much as i can just you know trying to be, do extra so i feel like just do what you can in your off time but like i don't really have much off time so I just sleep honestly when I get a chance to take a nap I take a nap so walk walk us through a day with you Delano average day let's say it's an let's go with an off day I haven't had an off day in a little minute so I don't know game day oh game day um <laughs> go to the gym in the morning go back take a nap go right back to the gym and then like if we have like a back-to-back -back, we probably won't have shoot around in the morning or we probably will it depends but then probably go back to the gym in the morning, have the game. For this whole week, I had a game, like, every day. For, like, this, we had a back-to-back, -back, and then I had a G League game, yeah, and then a back-to-back. -back. And the one game I had a G League game would have been the day off, you know, but I had a G League game. And then we leave to go on the road trip, so it's not really much off time, honestly. So just find your time to take your naps. CB? It's not like that, man. We made it My like day's that. a little easier. You know, obviously, I don't have G League games and stuff. So, um, you know, I think when I'm at my house, I won't lie to you. Like, if it's not because I'm watching film, I don't really, you know, I don't really think about basketball. Like, I'm really that, that type of person where I, basketball is my life now. So when I get a chance to be a little bit out of it or, or let's say I just watch. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. 
LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Film in the morning and I know, okay, I don't have nothing else to do. I'm not trying to watch any basketball or whatever. Like, sometimes I watch other games and stuff just to see. But, like, I like... You know, having my mind on other stuff was because at the end of the day, like, it can't only take everything in you. Like, you can't always have basketball in your mind because it's like I said, eventually you're a human too. There's stuff that you like to do and all that, and obviously it's your job. But people don't just want to be caring about their job so much because when their job go bad, it takes over your whole life. Because like, if basketball is everything for me and I have one bad game, how am I supposed to enjoy my day after that? And if I have two bad games, three bad games, how am I supposed to enjoy it? Like, now it's a week of just me being sad or me being mad, trying to figure out what I have to do well. And sometimes you can't even do nothing. Like, if let's say you're not playing and you're just not out the rotation, for example, and basketball is your life, right? Now you can't change it because obviously you're just out the rotation. And now you can't, you're trying to figure it out what else you could do. You could work as hard as you want, but if you're just not part of the rotation, that's just what it is, you know, like... You're going to get your chance eventually, but by the time you wait for that chance, you're just going to be dis- dep- depressed the whole time. So, like, obviously, you got to find some other stuff that you like. For example, I play dominoes. That makes me happy. Winning against these guys, that makes me happy. No cap. You guys have... <laughs> y'all can't say nothing because y'all behind the camera and y'all ain't got no mic. <laughs> Yo, Eve, you put in work against this guy in dominoes? Hell no. Nah. Hell no, nah, You ain't man. putting in no work in dominoes. Man, that's why they ain't got no mic because they would lie to people. <laughs> big shout out to malachi flynn because of what you guys just said Mm -hmm. he had a bit of a rough start to the season but he got his opportunity tell me about malachi man man i think you want to see an image of state of course that's what it is right there like you know where you're pointing you're in the doghouse you don't play you know what i'm saying you a little bit because you don't know what why you're playing, but a little bit situation, you know, like we had Dragic, we had Fred, and you know, we started playing Pascal at the point, Scotty at the point. So obviously it was hard, and I think it was a little bit, you know, he couldn't really do anything about it, but he definitely stayed the course, and when his chance came, you know, he showed up. And I think we all knew that he was able to do that. He's been doing this that the whole time. He did it last year. I played a lot of games with uh, Malachi last year, so... Like I said, I'm happy for him just because, like I said, you see his demeanor stays the same. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't never felt like through everything that happened, I never felt like he was like, you know what, I'm done, fuck all this. You know, like I never felt that. Like even to me having a conversation and I could see that he was down, it never was to a point where like, you felt like he didn't want to be part of the team and all. So everything that comes to him right now, he deserves it. You know, like, you know, he deserves all the flowers. He deserves everything that, he, that people are saying about it. Because like I said, don't forget, his dad went on the internet and he went. He went he in. He went in. You know, and yeah, he went in. And that's not the first time. So like, if let's say I'm here and I see, let's say my mom is over there just shooting the coach and all that, 
I, that might affect me too. You know what I'm saying? I'm already not playing. Like, what's next? And that was before the dread trading deadline. So, like, so much going on. And he still, you know, started the last two games playing, playing great basketball. So, kudos to him, to be honest. I mean, welcome to the NBA, though, man. I mean, yes. sometimes you just got to wait for that opportunity. But, Delano, what was that welcome to the NBA moment for you? Like, was there a play in a game where you were like, God damn. Somebody you played against. Um, no, nah, I haven't. I haven't had one of those moments. Like, I hear people tell their stories and they have, like, some crazy stuff going on. But I haven't really had one of those moments. Honestly, I could say, like, my welcome to the NBA moment was, like, when I got subbed in and the crowd went crazy. Like, like you know, like my hometown going crazy. Like, that was my welcome to the NBA moment. Like, I'm like, holy, like, this is different. Like, you know? I thought, I thought this was going to happen every time they saw me here. Like, I was getting a bit ahead of myself, too, you know? So I'm like, I don't know, but I didn't have, like, no crazy moment like that where, like, like youths trying to get at me and stuff like that. Like, I don't really know. I don't have nothing like that. How did you feel the first time going back to your old neighborhood, man? You grew up in Rex. Yeah, yeah. Um, I went back. Like I said, my family didn't... um get to come to where I was when I was in the States for because of the COVID thing. But so mm-hmm. as soon as I got back, like, you know, I went straight there and, you know, my whole family was there. Like, you know, it was summertime that time. So we had like a barbecue and everyone's like the whole neighborhood was outside. Like, you know, so mm-hmm. it was a vibe. It was good to get every, everyone to show you love. And like growing up in like a neighborhood like mine is like, you know, like everybody just wants you to, to see you do good. Like, you know, wherever that is or whatever that is, like, you know, like if you have a chance to run with something, run with it, like, you know. I know a kid, like, he just want, uh, he wants to be an engineer, so, like, just run with it. You see what I'm saying? Like, whatever that takes or whatever that is, like, we just want to see you do that or do something positive. So, you know, with me playing basketball, that's what it is with my friends with the clothing brand. Like, everyone just tries to push it because you don't really get to see a lot of positives. So, you know, whenever you see something good, like, everybody just roots for it, you know? Yeah, send that merch, man. We need to, we need to see <laughs> that. Right, for sure. Yeah. Now, we, we all want to see that, but honestly, what advice would you give to those kids like you too cb and just these kids who are growing up wherever they're growing up man because sometimes these kids there's too much sugar coating going on you know what i mean you kind of tell them what they want to hear instead of what they need to hear you know what i mean so what piece of i wouldn't say hard advice but what piece of good advice maybe something that's worked for you guys would you guys give to them I'd say everybody's road, everybody's path is different. Um, and you need to understand that as a young as the younger you understand that, the better it is. Because, like, everybody's going to get to a certain point in their life where they know what they want, but the path is different. Like, for example, I could go to school and you go to the same school as me and we both want to be doctors, but my grades are lower than you. Doesn't mean I'm not a better doctor than you. Doesn't mean that I have a better technique than you. It's just that for certain places, we don't have the same understanding. I feel like this is the same way with everything in life is that some people are too small. They're like, you're too small, you can't play basketball. Okay, but that guy that's 6'10 is not as better than you either. You know what I'm saying? He has two left foot, he can't jump, he can't do shit. So it doesn't mean that you can't do it. And that's the one thing I need, I want to tell kids is that if you truly believe in yourself, don't let the path that you're taking make it seem like you can't make it. Because at the end of the day, like I said, I my path is completely different from the 450 people on the NBA, but I'm still here. Exactly. So I, there's a lot of kids that are probably going to follow my story and be like, well, if you went through all this and made it, if my path is a little easier, it might be a little different, but you still make it too. And I could go from a list of guys in the NBA that made it that you probably don't even know their story. 
Yeah. So at the end of the day, like, just follow your path. Be confident while you go at it because people are going to tell you you can't do it. And, you know, go fully with it because at the end of the day, like, there's no time for people telling you you can't do stuff. Like, uh, I don't know. about you, it. Delano? Um, I would say just kind of, for me, what it was was dreaming bigger. So, like, I would say just dream and just kind of chase it. But, like, me, it was more so of a, like, I, like, kind of manifested everything, like, for myself, like, I obviously put in my work to it and I dreamed to it and like I thought about it but like before I even thought I could make it to the NBA and like really had a chance to even do it like that was just When did you I really think about. about that though? Like when did you know there was a chance where you thought yo I could possibly go to the league? Um I would say like my last year of high school and like my freshman year of college I would say just cuz like I realized where I was trending to and I was a tall point guard so like I kind of like you know, and I had a mentor. You see what I'm saying? Like, what I was going to say, too, is, like, just kind of use your resources for kids. Like, for me, like, growing up in Rexdale, growing up in, like, I had to keep myself out of stuff, keep myself, like, out of my neighborhood. Like, so I use all my resources. So I would say, like, so me with my mentor, like, I had somebody who's seen the longevity and, you know, me playing a point guard, like, as a tall point guard. So he kind of instilled it in me to really believe it. But I always wanted to go to the NBA. So that was my dream. You see what I'm saying? So... I would say just kind of just dream and chase your dream. Like everything could be accomplished. Like so kids from my neighborhood, it, I feel like it's easier for them to see like if I can make it, then they could like, you know, possibly make it. Because growing up, there was no one who made it. Like I know a bunch of guys that were better than me in high school who got arrested or like, you know, just never got to make it as far as they could have made it. You see what I'm saying? So kind of just seeing someone eventually make it or somebody who hasn't been like, yeah, he could have done this or done that. You see what I'm saying? So sometimes it's hard to stay out them streets, though, man. Especially like if 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 you're not a a Chris or a Delano, and somebody gets you on the right track, what do you do when you don't have that mentor though? Um, I mean, I think you find it. You know, obviously, you could tell, you could see when there's people that actually want the good in you, and when some people are just there for the ride. And most of the time, the people that like you are there for you. They're not gonna always tell you what you want to hear. And that's one of my signs that if you're able to tell me exactly in my face something that I don't want to hear, I respect you a lot more now because I know that when I do good, you're going to tell me I'm good. And when I do bad, you're going to tell me I'm bad. But if you always like, let's say I go, I shoot, I go to a game, I shoot 0 for 5, and you tell me, like, yo, you did a good job. It's not your fault. Um, yes, it is. You know, like, I am the one that shot 0 for 5, and I need you to tell me that. But if you sit here and be like, oh, yo, you're still good, whatever, you're not really helping me, you know, because like, Basically, you're just trying to stay on my good Be side. Yes, man. Stay on my good side, you know, and that only bring me so far because, like, when everything is done and all that, and I'm not doing anything, are you gonna still support me for not doing anything? I'm probably not. So, yeah, I think that you just find the right people that are around you, and believe me, not everybody got those people. I mean, I don't want to say everybody, but most people got somebody in their team and in their surrounding that actually want them to be good in what they do. And you just got to be able to find them and not reject them because you don't like what they say to you. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, to a certain degree, I mean, I've, I find a lot of kids, they don't really know that they should double down on whatever their strengths are. You know what I mean? So with that being said, I want to ask you guys this. If you guys could be a superhero or a villain, choose one or the other. 
who would you pick for yourself to be? Because to me, I feel like everyone in life, I feel like everyone in life, um, no matter what you're doing, where you come from, everybody could be a superhero to themselves or to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Like I know when I go home and I see my kids, they look at me like I'm a damn superhero. Yeah. Right? And a lot of people really got to understand that if they double down on their strength, no matter what it is, uh, you guys clearly figured out that you guys can hoop. Mm -hmm. So you doubled down on that and went all in. Right. Delano just mentioned that there were other guys who were better than him that he saw. Probably the same for you, but they weren't willing to double down. Right. Yeah. And so they end up branching off in something else. And I mean, who knows where they're at right now. But if you have the ability and you figure it out, whatever you're doing in life, whether you're in sales or you're working in marketing or whatever the case may be, you can probably you know, hit goals that you've never dreamed of yeah. or do things that you've probably never thought you could achieve, right? So what do you think your superpower is? What do you think yours is, Delano? Like to me, when I see Chris, Chris is a guy who just doesn't mince his words, yeah. right? He's very good at just being flat out, straight up. And he's the guy who will tell you what you need to hear instead of what you want to hear. Yeah, that's why I think I'm Tana. Tanos? Thanos? Thanos. Yeah, that's me. Dread it, run from it, destiny still arrives. So that's how I feel it. I feel like God at damn. the end of the day, I'm still going to say what I have to say. So you could dread it, you could run from it. If it's me, I'm going to say it. And destiny still arrives, so it's going to come out eventually. So, and the way he was saying, he saw things, he wanted things to happen one way, and he was willing to do whatever he had to do what to get those stones in. I mean, if y'all watch Avengers, y'all know what's up. So he was down to do whatever for, to make that mission happen. So that's how I see it. I'm willing to do whatever to get to the point where I want to be. And obviously, sometimes I say with stuff that I'm not supposed to say, but actually, I feel like I'm just being myself every time, which Thanos was himself the whole time. So if I were to be a superhero, that's where I would be. Delano's thinking right now. He doesn't know who to say. Who you got? Uh, if I was a superhero, who would I be? Or villain? Oh no, I would be a superhero. I wouldn't be a villain, but um, I don't know who I, what kind of superhero I would be. What I feel like for me myself is like, I feel like for like me personally and like my surroundings and who I grew up with, like I feel like my superpower is just kind of like giving people like hope, like you know what I mean, like because literally like people, if you know me and see what I came from and see like you know what I've been through or like my close people, like you know. I give a lot of people hope for like just my neighborhood and my surroundings, you know. So I feel like I was be a superhero. But I don't know. I don't know about Thanos or all of that. I didn't watch that movie, so you gotta get on, man. Avengers <laughs> is sickle. Now I got a couple more before we get up out of here. All right. We did mention the trade line, the trade deadline, and we got uh, Thaddeus Young back in return. What has he been like in the locker room thus far? Because we've we've talked about mentors just now, right? Mm. And I think Messiah and Bobby, he's, a, he's been a vet in this league for a long time, and they probably look at him as one of those guys who would fit nicely in the locker room with you guys. So how has it been with him thus far? Uh, that's my guy. Um, you know, he came in early, and, you know, he's, he's not, I guess, you know, like you said, he's a vet. He's been in the league, so he, he's not a shy guy. You know, he comes in, he talks, you know, he's there. He tries to give his advice where he can. He gives his knowledge where he can. And for me, like, he always tells me we talk on the bench and 
you know, he tells me like, you know, like I'm lucky as a rookie, like, you know, coming in as a second rounder, you know, even getting the opportunity to play, like, you know, so just kind of telling me, be grateful for my situation, you know, but we talk and, you know, he gives me a lot of advice and, you know, about longevity in the NBA and just, you know, just to stay happy and don't let to, like, you know, like Chris said, like, if you don't play or you have a whole bad week, this is something that said to me, like, if you don't play a whole week, like, don't let that drain your whole week. Like, you know, you still have to be happy. You're still a living person. Like, you see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So, like, don't, don't give it your all, but, like, don't give it your all like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, don't let it take your whole life away. So, like, you know, if you're not playing, you're not in the rotation, you can't let that drain you of everything. You still have to come in, be professional, and, you know, still live a happy life. You know what I mean? So, he just kind of talks to me about longevity in the league and, you know, being able to stay in here for a long time. Um, uh, for me, um, I think the one thing that uh, it helped us is like, like I said, now that I'm a vet on this team, um, it just feels like another another person, another voice, you know, another person that can actually, you know, speak about what it is to be in the NBA and how what it takes to stay in the NBA. He's been there for a long time. He's playing on different teams, and um, we I think we kind of needed that too, because like I said, we have Fred, we have Pascal. But also, we need somebody that's been there for, you know, 10 years almost, and that could literally tell you the ups, the downs, and kind of, like, give us the in-between. Because at the end of the day, some people take talks about the high and talks about the lows, but the in-between that we need, that there's a gray area that you won't know if you have been haven't been in the league for so long. So he gives us that part and how the game is changing and what else we could do. And it's just good to have somebody like that that comes with a positive en uh, energy too. Like he comes with a positive mindset and just wanted to help the team. And he did that since the first, when he came in, he picked things up and he was just trying to figure it out for himself. And then after that, it was all about the team. And that's, you know, guys like that are always welcome with the Raptors, obviously. All right, so before we get out of here, man, Delano, any rookie hazing going on? What's this guy been doing to you man, and the rest of the guys? Honestly, we ain't did nothing. These guys don't bring towels. These guys are kind of slacking, not him, but like, you know what I'm saying? We got four yeah, rookies. Don't say not me. Like, I thought you, you're supposed to bake him do that say stuff, not, don't, whoa, whoa. I said you're not slacking. No, but you can't say I'm not slacking like I'm the one doing all the stuff. You're not doing all the stuff either. But honestly, honestly, we've been thinking about popping somebody's car with popcorn. Because <laughs> like. I mean, like, I feel like with the, the hazing thing, like. We just give them a pink bag. That's all we did. I ain't wearing that bag. See? Did you no see? No dolls, nothing? Listen to what I just said. We give one pink bag and he's not wearing it so where's his at it lost me with that one but like here's the thing though like the thing i could say about them is like they wouldn't ever tell you do something that's like you know crazy like you know i feel Why like not? I thought that's the whole point i mean i guess like i mean I crazy but like this, it's man. not like something that you could say like all right like you know whatever whatever like we just don't have time. We do other stuff like UCS. We're always on. Like I hate. We I go on Instagram. I see myself singing, doing like stuff like That's that, singing man. Happy Birthday. What did you have to do? Bruno Mars songs, stuff like that. Like, I, I mean, trying to do that. I don't think I was a rookie my first year. I I didn't. Bro, like I came here, I was injured. I was on the G League most of the time, and I'm not gonna get punk in the G League. Man, you ass been a vet your whole goddamn career. Of course, but I've never been treated like one. Have, have I ever been treated like a vet? Maybe now. Yes, my fifth year. I'm 30 almost. I deserve to be a vet. <laughs> Shit, I could be somebody's dad right now. <laughs> no cap. <laughs> no cap, though. That's normal, like, shit. I mean, I think 
Right now, they might, you know, I might get a little bit of vet treatment, but I still do rookie's dumb mistakes sometimes. So, like, I guess that's why they treat me like a rookie sometimes. But I think I'm doing a good job when it comes to my side of saying something. If you do something wrong, I'll, I'll say that you do something wrong. Like, this is dumb as hell. But beside that, I'll let you do whatever you want. As long as you don't mess up with my piece, I don't care. Like, these guys, they, they do whatever they want. I don't care. I'm loving it. You know, like, I love to see the, what they do and how they live. Because when I was their age, I didn't have none of that. Like, I tell Scotty every time, you're 20 in the NBA. I started playing basketball at 20. You can't tell me nothing. I don't want to hear it. If you're having a bad day, I don't care. Next day, you're going to come in, smile, and be happy again. And that's what I, have, I love about you guys. I didn't get that. So when I see you guys living the best life, it makes me happy, like, because I'm doing this now at 29. Mm. You guys doing that at 20. You know how many years you guys have to live the same life and go crazy and get all those awards and rookie playing? And that's, that's a dream. You know, that's a dream that people don't get every time. So that's when the vet in me comes in because I'm like, live, my boy, live. So when I go, <laughs> so when I go, I'll be like, I was there. You know, I seen it. That's all I want, for real. Delano, you ever wake up sometimes and say, like, yo, I can't believe I'm here? Yeah, sometimes still. I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, it would be you know, it's more so of, like, you know, like the man that were, like, my friends and stuff telling me, like, you know, like, do you ever just, like, wake up and be, like, sometimes, like, I'll drive to the gym or, like, get to OVO and be, like, yo, I'm really on the Raptors. Like, you know, and I'll drive in and I'll, like, start <laughs> smiling and, like, I'll have, like, you know, yeah. like, an overly good day. Like, you know what? Honestly, I... You just kind of take it day by day. Like, you know, obviously, like, the first, like, couple weeks were definitely crazy. Like, you know, just every day waking up smiling, like, you know, crazy. But, yeah. I mean, I guess you kind of, like, just get used to it. And now it's just more so just about being professional. Like I said, just trying to keep it professional every day, regardless of what's going on. So, yeah, I just try and keep it along those lines. But, yeah, I think about it still. It's, it's lit. And the Raptors makes you, you're going to work for everything you get. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. Like, day off, no, 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 no. They have do not exist. You're going to be at the gym. Those yeah. those days don't exist. Unless it's a back-to-back -back and they say blackout on the schedule. If you don't see blackout, your ass better be there. Because mm -hmm. I promise you, like, that's going to cuss you if you're not there. And then it goes back again and again. And optional again. shooting optional is never shooting optional. Is not optional. They put to optional. everyone to make it to the league coming yeah. after. Who's, optional who's shooting the coach is not that optional. really gets at you? Um, it's, I, mean, I would it's say probably it different for it, both Yeah, of them, right? it depends, like. I mean, if you're like on your stuff, then you really wouldn't know who really is gonna get on you and stuff like that. But I'll I'll say like, um, just the guys that I train and I work out, like you know, Coach Earl or like um, Coach Nate, they always stay on me, but not in like negative ways or like negative things like that. Just about not letting things affect me. Like coming out of the game and I come out the game and all I have to show for it is a turnover. You see what I'm saying? And I play like four or five minutes. I only have a turnover. I'm like yo. Yo, let me get back in there. I dare them. And then they put me yeah. back in. I get another turnover. So now I only have two turnovers and, like, a rebound. I had a bad day. You see what I'm saying? So, like, that's who will be getting on me about, like, getting on me about, you know, getting on myself. Like, you know, there's a lot more games and stuff to come. So it's just, you know, guys like that, like, you know, I'll say. But everyone, really, everyone looks out for you. Everyone, for me, just, you know, being a rookie, everyone, you know, has plans for my development. So everyone shows me love and gives me the good and the bad. So it's good. Any different for you, Chris, when it comes to coaches? Um, I mean, I've been working with Jimmy Sands since I've been here, so mm -hmm. I think he's the one that's really, you know, telling me what to do. I mean, you know, we're talking only Raptors, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. 
But yeah, so when it comes to that, the Raptors, obviously, um, Jim Jimmy Sands for sure. You know, All right, who been, else you got? Who else do you want to say? Ibrahim. Like I'm gonna say, I won't lie to you. Like I get more shit from him than the Raptors. How? I don't know. If, sometimes I feel like he works with them. Like, <laughs> like you'll literally like I'll literally watch film, and I swear I just heard that and on film over there. And I come here and expect another answer because he's on my side and he says the same sh- shit. And I'm like, man, you want a job with the Raptors, man? Like, you want me to hook you up, bro? Because y'all saying the same shit, man. Like, Chris, you should have did a better closer. I know, I heard it at 11. Now I'm hearing it at 1. I might hear it at 5. And I'm going to hear it tomorrow when I do it again. Ibrahim is definitely that guy Yeah. who tells you what you need to hear. Yeah, man. Sometimes it's just annoying, bro. But it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, before we get out of here, though, we're about to close out. Before we get out of here, speaking of Ibrahim, he tell me you do one hell of a Delano Banton impression. Yeah, man, I might. You know what I mean? I'm saying I won't lie. Sky kills it. I won't lie. I was listening to him when I was, um, in the locker room. And like, knows what you call a real. I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here. Man. I play music every time, right? Tune. And then I'm hearing. I'm playing reggae. I'm looking. at Everybody looking at me, and he's singing. And I's like, this, this every knows my song. I'm playing Desha. It's Carnival. I'm sitting like, I'm like, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> now I'm realizing like. He listen to the same music in me, and then we play Call of Duty. I'm playing some more tracks. He's like, yo, those are good tracks and stuff. So I'm like. Start listening to him a little bit more, and I'm like, okay, this is his slang. This is what you do. You know what I'm saying? That's his thing. You still doing that every time. I'm one of them now. Cool, bless. Bless. <laughs> oh man, but CB. Yeah, man. Thank you, brother Delano. Yeah, thank you for taking the time to come, my brother. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, you know. Yahoo Sports Canada. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, rate everything. Hustle play. With Chris oh, oh wait, 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 William Lou, if you want me to come to your show, you have to come to mine first. Everybody the invitation is on set. You come to my show, we could talk about it, and then I'll come to your show. It's on the table. All right. Everybody pull up to the show. Bless up, gang. Go get your IYC. Yeah, man, get your cloud up. <laughs> yeah. Here's Boucher. The three got it from my-